0: well good morning everyone and good morning jody on this lovely friday in june and we kind of kind of sort of having nice weather how are you doing
1: this morning dear well you know (laughs) still not feeling well but who isn't up for a podcast let's go first well you can record these from bed so that's what. (laughs) (laughs) thank goodness no one can see me
0: (laughs) no well I'm sorry to say that our our co-host is under the weather not feeling too good but I've convinced her and twisted her arm maybe it would help her kill an hour and perk up and feel a bit better by having the chats and the giggles and um, Jody, based on our last podcast we said we were going to touch on it again today there's some other topics I want to hit on Especially because you're not feeling well, but today we're going to start with marijuana, its legality in this country, feelings around it. Um, who wants to go? I'll have you go first, Jody. What are your basic thoughts on the that evil weed?
1: <laughs> evil weed. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's, it's a funny one, really, because when I look back when I was a kid, back in the sort of uh, teenage years in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, a lot of my friends around me were doing lots of kinds of drugs um, uh, and, you know, magic mushrooms and and I'm sure weed and LSD and all of those kind of things. And um, it, it never really kind of appealed to me. I've always been a bit of a scaredy cat, You know, Mm -hmm. a little bit the kind of unknown, you know, I don't I I like certainty. And I've kind of as I've got older years of therapy, (laughs) I have kind of uh, realized I'm somebody that really uh, needs certainty. And, you know, so and I think I'm definitely a bit controlling like us all. So I think, you know, the the thoughts of being that out of control uh, with drugs, it kind of scares me a bit. Um, But with weed, I mean, I have I have smoked it. It's not something that's been um, particularly centered in my life, uh, really. My first, Mm. years ago, you know, uh, used to smoke it a bit. And with him, we did it like it was very occasional with this last husband. He wasn't into it at all. And in actual fact, he wasn't even a drinker, never mind somebody that would smoke weed. So I kind of find that you fall in with your crowd. And if your primary person isn't doing it, you're just not going to naturally really probably do it I think so I think yeah um, yeah so I'm, I'm kind of on the fence around it I don't have an issue with weed um I would have no problem probably smoking it you know now and again myself um but you know I don't know I I don't know like I think I would have an issue uh probably being with somebody who smokes all the time the same as I would yeah. have you know, and I kind of categorize that the same as like alcohol as well. Like I like to have a drink, but to be honest, I can take it or leave it these days. I mean, in my younger years, you know, I wanted to go out every weekend and you'd be lashing down, you know, the, the Cardian coast to the point of vomiting later. But, mm-hmm. you know, as you get kind of older, you know, sometimes I'll go on a mad binge. Sometimes I don't. I can kind of pick it up, take it or leave it. And so I wouldn't really want to be with somebody that wants to drink on a daily basis. So I kind of feel around weed. I don't know that I'd want to be with somebody that needs to smoke that on a daily basis as well, because I kind of want what's going on that you need alcohol or weed every day. What's your kind of thoughts on that? Well, I mean, okay,
0: first of all, a mad binge for you is three rum and cokes and you're dancing (laughs) to salt and (laughs) pepper. But that's okay. But you know what? Look, I mean, I look, I think like with everything in life, moderation is key. I'm a very moderate, middle of the road kind of person. And people tend to think sometimes if you're very diplomatic and easygoing and middle of the road, that you don't have strong opinions on things or that you can't. Well, of course I can. I just choose to look at both sides of an issue. I think I'm a very fair person. Now, I have grown my own marijuana. Yes, I will say that happily on air, illegally in this country. Yes, I have. And I don't give two hairy farts about what (laughs) anyone has to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a natural substance. it's a plant I believe whether you believe in God or you don't, you're an atheist, the universe, whatever we were given things on this planet for a reason. we actually have cannabinoid receptors in our bodies, Jody. Did you yeah. know that? You of course you knew that. Well, I mean, even they've they've even likened, I think there are lots of cannabinoid and I could be wrong. I may have to Google this. And unfortunately I can't blame being high for for not nabbing my back (laughs) straight, uh, sadly. But uh I believe there are cannabinoid receptors in in the breasts and there's some sort of link to breast milk. So look, I think that it's a very natural substance. Yes, it does put you into an altered state. It does get you stoned or high. Two different kinds, the indica and sativa, or probably Irish people say that completely differently, uh, you know. um, But one is more of a body high, one is more of a mental high. I would have my whole life, not my whole life, but from about the age of 20, surrounded with people who drink, smoke weed, do drugs. Now, I, I personally say smoke weed, I put that into a slightly different category than do drugs because. Um, Other than the occasional flirtation with ecstasy, I was never a hardcore drug user. Now, a lot of people might have even said, oh, well, X isn't even hardcore. What are you on about? When they say hardcore, they mean like meth, heroin. And I'm just like, well, I wouldn't mess with that shit anyway. Crystal meth and heroin, you wouldn't get or ketamine or any of the weird shit bath salts the kids are into and people (laughs) go completely fucking insane. No, I'm not going to dabble with that because I don't like, look if you were raised around any kind of mental health problems in your own family, you're Mm -hmm. certainly not going to go fucking looking to start some of your own, you know, like,
1: let me take this substance and see what it does to me, brain. No. Well, I think that's the thing, like it does, you know, like mental health issues do run in most families, I think, but quite frankly, yeah. And I think that's something I've always been quite mindful of. I mean, you know, I I would agree with you in relation to we being a natural product, which is why I don't have an issue with it. So you know, if I was with somebody that, that didn't just smoke and weed, that's not a, That's not an issue for me. But if they were doing it all well, the time, I think I uh, might. Let me, let me let me interrupt you real quick to about
0: the natural. We can say that all day long, but the reality yeah. of it is, cocaine is a natural substance. Comes from the coca plant. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, poppies, uh, opium.
1: Pla- yeah.
0: uh, come, you know, heroin comes from poppies. I mean, fuck, a, an aspirin. Disprin comes from, I think it's yeah. the birch tree, salicylic acid. Like, really, we do have everything on this planet, and man can take it and they can chemicalize it. Is that a word? They can change its chemical <laughs> it structure. Now. It is now. <laughs> it's, you know, man can can work on it in a laboratory setting and at a factory. And they can change its chemical makeup and they put it in a pill, and they, God knows what. I mean, arsenic comes from apple seeds so we can sit there all day long and say it's a natural product it's a natural product but really so is everything so is wine so is vodka really Uh, and they all have organic origins it's just whatever man does to them but having said that I think when we say marijuana is a natural I think it's because it can be so innocuous because you can grow it in your back garden and take it straight off the plant dry it cure it smoke it and you go oh that's pure that's lovely it hasn't been touched by a million drug dealers it hasn't been laced with anything if i've grown it i know where it comes from but honestly the smoking every day it's like anything else i wouldn't tell you to take an aspirin every day unless yeah. you you know unless your gp has said you need to for possible you know stroke or heart attack risk take an aspirin every day they've even said to people who don't have like a high risk of cardiac stuff don't just decide to self medicate and start taking aspirin every day because you think it's going to ward off a heart attack you actually have to have the problem first before you should you know medicate with even aspirin aspirin you think oh it's the safest thing in the world right yeah. no everything has its good and it's bad everything can have ill effects if you have mental health issues that run in the family or even if you don't uh, like yes is is weed safe i would say yes is it habit forming I would say in most cases, no, unless you have a very, very, um, habit forming addictive personality. And then those people can become addicted to anything. They can be addicted to chewing gum. Yeah. I can pick up and put down alcohol, cigarettes, marijuana, whatever. If you said to me now at 41 years of age, oh, Elizabeth, you'll never be able to touch a glass of alcohol again or ever, 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 uh, you know, have a joint or anything else again, you never, I would be disappointed. I would I'd be yeah. like, well, that's not fun. That's not <laughs> fair. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, Jody, if I was told, yeah, well, how about you get together with somebody who's going to drink a half a bottle of red wine every night, or, you know, has to have Baileys every day when they get home from work, or they have to, I don't want to be around somebody who smokes cigarettes every day. Yeah, I've done that in previous relationships. Thank God my partner does not smoke. Um, I will sneak the occasional sneaky one, but actually, I haven't even done that in probably six or eight weeks, and I don't miss it and I don't care. Yeah. If you need it every day, I think it speaks to an underlying problem or issue, or even just you've formed a bad habit. You shouldn't need everything every day.
1: Yeah, that's kind of, you know, that, I think that's my feeling on it as well. It's sort of like, you know, it's like I gave up cigarettes nearly twenty years ago. I think I could easily now because I have done around when I was sort of hitting forty. Um, <clears throat> I I on the odd occasion with some girlfriends on a night out actually had a sneaky cigarette. Now yeah. it kind of it kind of grossed me out again, so I haven't actually had one since I was forty. But I I think I could let's say you and I could be on a night out having a few drinks and I could have a couple of pulls on a fag or even have a cigarette and it wouldn't mean that I'd be back on them. I know don't have an addictive personality so i can pick and i'm very disciplined as well so i can pick something up and drop it down it's the same as like i can go to a party and drink loads of alcohol i can go to a party and drive and drink no alcohol and still have a great time so i think you know i think that that compatibility comes in doesn't it with finding a partner and being on the same sort of page because like you, I'm surrounded by friends who did do drugs, who do do drugs. And um, I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other because I'm not a judgy person. I think each mm-hmm. is their own. But for somebody directly in my life standing by my side as a partner, yeah, I, I would have no issue with everything in moderation. But if they're doing yeah. it all the time, it, it would be a deal breaker for me because you know, I would be concerned as to what's going on. If you need alcohol every day or weed every day, or as you said, anything every day, but certainly, yeah. Yeah. Certainly something that's mind altering. We're not talking about cheese or chocolate. No, no, the mind altering. Yes.
0: Well, (laughs) I was just going to say that really the only thing humans need every single day, if I, if we're going to break it down to the bare minimum, we need sleep. We need oxygen. Ha ha. I'm being funny. Literally we need oxygen. We need to sleep and we need water. We don't even need food every day. There'd be yeah. people who pick up a fuss at that. but that's God, God on truth. We don't even need to eat every day. That's the reality. So if you need to in order to survive or get through your day, you have to have that beer the minute you get home from work or you or the, I feel well, I don't really feel badly for them, but I, I'd say a lot of people in this country have had a wake-up call through the pandemic not being able to go to the, to the pub. Uh, daily and weekly and you know whether they drink at home or not but the ones who are gagging to get back into the pubs and have their pints i'm like i mean i can miss something but i'm not like oh my god dying for it i yeah, uh, every day I, I don't know if you do something every day okay you're gonna build up a tolerance to it if it's mind altering, it is going to have an effect, a chemical effect on your brain. I'm not saying about long-term damage, but yeah, there is going to be alterations that yes, there's going to be changes. Of course there are, or you wouldn't fucking touch it. Yeah. You know, if you, if you drank wine and it didn't get you drunk, or if you smoked pot and it didn't get you stoned, you wouldn't bother your whole So of course it does something to you. It does have an effect on your physiology And, uh, I don't know, every day, I just think that's a bit much for me. I, but I wouldn't want to be with somebody because you do need to be compatible. I wouldn't want to be with someone who goes to the gym seven days a week. I wouldn't (laughs) be able for that. Don't get me wrong. I want to get fitter than I am. And I like that my partner is super fit and he's into, uh, exercise and, and eating healthy, but he's not obsessive about it. And neither am I. You know what I mean? We take Saturdays off and we we take saturdays off we do absolutely no exercise well other than the ride and we you know we don't we just sit on our asses and eat chocolate and have a glass of wine and have sushi or mexican food and we don't worry about it and then the rest of the week we get back to our our fasting and our walking and our workouts and eating really healthy salmon and cauliflower till the cows come home so for me it's about everything in moderation i would you want a partner who's just very, very stuck in their rigid routine? I don't, I don't know that I'd like that. Mm
1: -mm. No, I think well, that, well, you know, well, that's another whole conversation, isn't it? It's sort of like, you know, if I look at, let's say, you know, well I'm going to look at the last two long-term relationships I had, you Mm. know, the one 20 years ago, I mean, we were just so incredibly compatible. We were kind of into the same things and, you know, like we were a couple that didn't even watch a huge amount of TV. Now in fairness, the TV was pretty shit back then as well, (laughs) you know, but we were a couple that could easily sit around and fuck knows what we used to talk about, but we always had stuff to talk about and always had a laugh, Loved to cook together. You know, we're, we're extremely compatible. And that made for a very easy home life. Then, you know, the last husband, you know, we really, we are actually better as, um, as exes, as friends, we're we're much more compatible. And yeah. but as a couple, we we really didn't. We weren't compatible on anything. And uh, I think it's 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 always an interesting one. That it's sort of like, you know, they like do we need to have like loads of things in common? You know, what's the feelings around you know um, men and women's roles? I know we've talked about this before in that and I know like women's lippers you know are, are, like feminists are going to probably would probably shoot me in the head but I think men and women do naturally take a bit of a role I'm certainly not saying that women are not equal to men in lots of ways but there's lots of ways we're just not and mm. I think sometimes we can um well and see, know, but, but let's clarify that that's not a
0: slight not being equal in everything yeah. Is not yes. a slight. It's it's people have strengths and weaknesses, and whether and you know the people that want to scream about there's no such thing as gender or blah 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 blah. Yeah, whatever. Um, there <laughs> are there are pros and cons that men have. There are pros and cons that women have because of the way that we are naturally wired. Yes, it's a spectrum. Yes, there can be de- differences and there can be variety among that. But overall, the basic kind of default setting is that there are kind of default. Uh, uh, Emotions and ways of processing things and and looking at things that women and men differ on And I think it's based in biology and evolution So if they want to get stroppy about it go take it up with fucking Darwin because (laughs) you know Honestly, I don't think it's sexism to realize or recognize that the males of the species of all of most species Maybe the occasional bird species might do it differently, but most animal species on this planet the male is the aggressor in the courting. The male yeah. is the provider in some sort of sense. And I'm not saying a woman can't take care of themselves. Or I'm an independent woman. You're an independent woman. It's, it's not about that. It's about that. Like some people are happy to slot into maybe yes. what some would consider old fashioned gender roles. I don't give it patootie. I think it's what works for each individual couple. And, but it has to work for the couple and both partners have to be on the same page about that. I actually, it was funny, Jody, I was reading something last night. I I couldn't really sleep again last night. And I think, you know, I was having, you know, it's funny how the grief will pop up at you and you kind of, you know, I was thinking about my dad who i recently have lost and our three listeners know this and, (laughs) and uh, I couldn't sleep again last night. So I, i read an article on the internet as you do, and it was talking about some of the most entitled people on mm. dates and stuff and one of the ones that was the first one that this this man and woman go out on a first date and he knew she had kids but apparently she had the two kids back at home and when after he was paying for dinner she basically said oh um do you mind if we get two takeaway meals for my kids so i can take them home, I and take them food and she was like and you'll pay for them and he very politely said no you you can get them their meal but i'm not going to pay for their meals And uh, you know, the internet had lots of feelings on that. And Mm -hmm. apparently she got stroppy. She apparently she got stroppy after that, had herself a little tantrum, was furious that he (laughs) wouldn't (laughs) buy her kit. Yeah. And uh, and apparently, of course, obviously the date soured for both of them. Now I find that level of entitlement shocking. I would not go out with a man on a first date or a tenth. My boyfriend and I have been together for what, six months? He is an absolute doll. He is a delight. He treats me and my children like, uh, what's, what's better than gold? Fucking platinum, okay? And I would never turn to him and go, yo, so you're going to buy my kids a pizza tonight or what? You know? <laughs> like I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I wouldn't go to his home, kick up me feet, and go, yeah, come on. Where's me toe rub? Where's my sushi? Where's my home cooked meal? And yeah, by the way, you you don't mind uh, uh, feeding my kids and sure fucking throw them in the chair, but can you tuck them in? Can you put them there? I mean, like what the I don't understand some people the level of entitlement, Jody. Well, you know, in relationships I, or even dating.
1: I know it's a it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because you know, if I was to talk to my aunt about this and she's in her seventies, her and her husband would have a very old-fashioned view that the man should always pay for for dinner right and that's yeah the- my mom's 75 she'd be the same yeah. yeah like they're a stickler on that like that a woman should just not put her hand in her pocket that's it period right now yeah. you know i'm in the middle of that like you know if i look back with my first partner he was very sweet i mean right from the beginning of us dating uh he rarely let me buy a drink i mean because that's what you did back then you just went out drinking on dates. And he might let me buy one drink out of 10, you know, so he was very, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but he just generally wanted to take care of me. And that was for the entirety of our relationship. Uh, <clears throat> that's kind of generally how it was with him. He just doted on me. And um, I mean, you know, bless that man. I mean, even sometimes because I, I, <laughs> I could be a bit of a lazy bitch back then, you know, he'd be working all day. And I'd be knackered because of the kids and I wouldn't feel like cooking dinner and I might just throw something at the kids. And he would Mm. come to work and nearly cook a gourmet bloody meal for us, knackered out of his head, never complained, would just do it. So, you know, oh, he was just, you know, look, he was just a great dad and a great person and a very good partner. And I'm not saying that just because he's deceased. I don't put people, you know, he genuinely really made me feel like a princess and looked after me. The second husband. <laughs> wow. Well, look, so. here, but here's the thing. I
0: don't think, unless you're a gold digger, I, I don't think most women in this day and age are looking for anyone and there's nothing, not, not that there's anything wrong with wanting to be treated like a princess or anything like that. But I don't think that's like the number one goal. Certainly for you and I, that's not what we're out there looking for. What can this person do for me? How am I going to be pampered? How am I going to blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. But I think that it's pretty It's pretty clear that when you are mad about somebody, yeah, both men and women, we, we want to treat our partner exceedingly well. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, Jody, see, I don't know. You and I are very kind of at times about some things cut from the very same cloth, and it's not just because we're related. Uh, yeah. I, I think that we're just... Our personality type is that, like... And I got this from both my parents, I can say, that, like... um. When someone comes to my home, it's, it's, oh my God, let me put the fucking mint and the chocolate on the pillow. Let me turn down <laughs> your bed. Would you like a, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's like the hotel heiress and me comes out and yeah. I'm like, oh, chop, chop, get the, get the maid. And I'm like, oh shit, that's me. You know And I'm, I, I want to, <laughs> I want to pamper my guests. I want to make them a coffee. I want to get them an ice, uh, uh, you know, an ice water with lemon. I want to put your feet up. Please welcome Mi Casa Es Su Casa. You know, my home is your home. Take off your shoes. Get comfy. You know, what would you like to eat? What are we going to watch on the telly? What would you like to discuss? I'm very pampering and very, uh, I guess, people-pleasing in some ways and very accommodating. And you are, too. You're an excellent hostess. But at the same time, that doesn't mean, like, just... Like the person comes in and just gets to go, yeah, right, grand. And then they're suddenly scratching their arse sitting on the on the sofa and never make a move to then reciprocate that kind of warm environment. And uh, it, it, what what is the word that I'm looking for? You know, just that appreciative nature that you have with your friends and family and your invited guests into your home, but also when it's like a sexual relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's... I,
0: it's- you know, you really want to let, let that person that you're wanting them to be your partner. You're you're wanting to let that person know, hey, I value you. Well, I think above, yeah. uh, just any any old person walking down the
1: road. I want to make you feel special and appreciated. Well, I think that's where there's the fine line, isn't there? Is that I think that it's this is where it gets tricky, where that can be taken advantage of. And I find oh, that totally. yeah, like with my first relationship, you know. Like, I've always been a giver, even from when I was a very young child. You know, I used to look, run down and look after this old lady that lived near my granddad. And I used to fetch her shopping. And I was only about eight or nine at that time. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I, it, it's innately the, the nurse in me has always been there. And I'm a very mm. giving yeah, very giving and loving person. And I just want to love bomb everybody. And I think yeah. that fortunately, you know, some people embrace that and enhance it. And some people take it and take advantage of it. And I think side, Jody, most people take advantage. That's been my experience for most of my life. Most
0: people take yes, advantage. Me.
1: Unfortunately, me too. And I think with my first partner, he didn't. I mean, I used to like, because, you know, I used to like to spoil him too. But it if I looked at like the weighing scales with our relationship, I would have said it was nearly 70-30, that there was 30% of me giving and 70 him because he primarily wanted to shower me with more love bombing than me with him and that just naturally was the way it was with my second husband it wasn't like that I mean right from the get-go you know he was you know quite deceptive on some stuff and also really leaned on me financially and would let me pay for Mm -hmm. everything and you know he's kind of turned that around because we were together obviously 14 years and now he is very good as my ex-husband he's very good to me financially and looks after me and he does understand that that's what he did at the beginning which was really disgraceful i was a single parent you know and here he was he would let me buy all the takeaways all the dinners out would come to my house eat all my food come with his two arms swinging as my mother used to say and i hate that i hate that i have to say like i think for me personally I think sometimes you might end up with somebody who just wants to share you more than you share them. And that just might be the way that it goes. And you might just have to succumb to that. Um, I can see that even in your relationship a little bit. I can see your partner really wants to look after you. And I think that's a lovely quality. I think, and I also think, because I, it's it's genuinely who he is. Do you know what I mean? He's not,
0: yeah, he's not one of these types. A lot of them will do it a lot in the very beginning to kind of woo you. It's yeah. not, it's never been an act with him. It's never been a put on. It's just genuinely who he is. He would be like this with any woman that he was in love with. Do you know what I mean? I, or, or, and he would be like this with his family, with his friends, with his, he's just a very good, he's checked in on you repeatedly this week. He was telling me last yeah. night, he said, you tell her just to, to just to get better and to mind yourself and I'll wait for my podcast that's what he told <laughs> me he's I'll wait for my pod now the first message was where's my fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> but then you know I did explain to him she's very unwell and he's all right well you just tell her to, I said to feel better like he's a very nurturing person by nature and I think that yeah. that's when when the fact that I'm also nurturing, that I'm not a take advantage kind of person, I'm not a user. I think two nurturing people come together,
1: that's dynamite. Well, that's, that's what dynamite. I- dynamite. Yeah, that's what I had with my first partner. We were both very nurturing people, but he didn't take advantage of my nurturing nature. Whereas I have found in my life that mm. people in general have taken advantage of my good nature. And I think, you know, these days now, I'm much more aware of that. And yeah, when I see- yeah, when I start to see that, I kind of very quickly pull back and go, hmm, because...
0: No, you, you have, have to. You have to in relationships and with with friends as well, and family even. And yeah. friends, your friends yeah. will take advantage before you know it, and you go, hang on, what's going on here? For that was yeah. practically, she practically fucking moved in, you know? <laughs> Oh, you have to paint a room and and move a table, and suddenly I've got a roomie. No, 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 back up, lady. You you have to, it goes back to boundaries, doesn't it? And also, I think a lot of it has to do with I'm sorry to sound like a total snob, good breeding. Like, how how were you raised? Because I was right from the time I was very small, there were certain things that were ingrained in me by my mother and by my father. But certainly one of them would have been, you do not go to anyone's home for a visit for a coffee for a meal for a party without a bottle of wine a bouquet of flowers um some sort of little gift a plant it doesn't matter what the occasion is if it's a Halloween party if it's a barbecue well you take a dish you say what can I bring you bring the drink you bring the chips and salsa or my fabulous guac you know you put you, you bring a book you bring a set of tea towels, you, you uh, shit, bring some toilet roll if you have to. But I mean, <laughs> that's a little weird. But I mean, you look, I mean, anytime somebody invites you into their home for any reason, yeah, you then meet their offer of goodwill with another offer of goodwill. It's, it's showing that you're on the same wavelength and page and you both have good
1: intentions you know, I yeah, and- I would agree. Yeah. It's how I was raised as well. I mean, I would rarely go to somebody's house with my two arms swinging it's next to never happens. I mean, unless it's been like a last minute thing.
0: Yeah. You know, or very last minute, or if they're, if they're saying to, you no, you come for a birthday dinner, well, you're not going to come if it's your birthday maybe with a or
1: something, but you might still bring a it's bottle fine. of wine. Well, no one's ever actually ever done anything for my birthday, but I, I oh. suppose that makes me sick. But, you know, I suppose if, if I was even in that situation, I'd probably still bring something. And I think, you know, because I, I follow this girl online, Teal Swan, and, mm-hmm. you know, she, she talks about men and women and their roles as well. And in the fact that, you know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that the that a lot of men, you know, can be, what's the right word, demasculated? I don't know what the word is. You know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I it, think it, that emasculated, not- emasculated, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I, I do think that men primarily are natural hunter gatherers and want to look after their women, you know, and it's sort of like, or well, their, you know, their families and stuff. And I think a lot of women try to take that and it's like, no, no, I can do that as well. And and mm. I think, that, you know, I think that's where you can kind of sometimes cross the lines. It's like I wouldn't be really? exactly where my aunt and uncle are with yeah. thinking that a man that my husband or partner or boyfriend or whatever should pay for everything. I'm not quite there, but I, but I certainly think at least 50, 50, um, mm. the, the bare minimum. And I definitely don't want to be with somebody who is going to sit back and, and basically let me look after them on every single level. Well, look, I'll say this, Jody. I mean, yes, I think that things have changed for the better
0: in, in society in, in, in most ways, but I don't like to see men emasculated. I don't like to see women, you know. We were told during the sexual revolution, we could have it all. Well, that's not necessarily true. And I would say that even men don't necessarily can't have it all unless they're very powerful and very wealthy. But overall, uh, what has become, which was once like a feminist rallying cry of our independence and our ability to do the same as the boys, which is great, has now become on women's shoulders, you must do it all. We yeah. went from being able to have it all to now, bitches. Oh, you're going to work a full time job. You're going to raise children. You're going to clean the house. You're going to cook. You're going to you're going to fuck his brains out. You're going to stay uh, thin and fit until you're in your seventies. You're going to and you're going. Hang on here. Let me catch my breath because life comes at you rather quickly. Now I have no problem. I I did my first husband. Oh God, that's a shit show. We won't go there. But there were a number of years in our twenties in our early relationship where I was the majority breadwinner or a few times I was the only one working. And a, yeah, mm-hmm. And a couple times where I was the one going, you know what, I'm not gonna see us in a hole. And I went out and got a second job on top of having a very small child at home. So I'm not here to bash him, but I'm just saying like in, that was a, that was a situation that got taken completely advantage of by someone who yes. was not in his mental capacities. It, I would have no problem even to this day if I was the majority breadwinner if I was in a partnership where my husband suddenly lost his job or he went from earning let's say 50k a year to 25 I would have no problem yeah stepping in going and either work working full-time or getting a part-time job on top of it or let's say I'm the majority breadwinner if I was earning 100 grand a year, I would have no problem if my partner earned only 30. I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't. That's me as a woman. Now maybe, and it depends on the guy. Maybe a lot of men would have an issue with that. Mm. I think it depends on the individual relationship. And if they're both happy, then grant. But if one of them is pulling heavier financially, I personally think, I mean, it does need to be 50-50 as much as possible across the board or let, fuck it. Let's not even say 50-50. It needs to be a hundred, a hundred. As in, you're both giving it your all, your full attention, your full you know, commitment.
1: Well, I think relationships are, you know, like all relationships, they're about balance and give and take. And mm. you know, it's like, it's like any relationship across the board with your, you know, friends. I'm, I'm, I'm going to exclude children in this. Maybe you could include adult children, but I'm, I'm going to mm. exclude children for a second. But let's say with friend, in, with friends or your partner you know, there has to be give and take. If it's one person doing the majority of the taking and you're doing the majority of the giving, <clears throat> that's not gonna work, because resentment no. is going to set in. So I think, you know, I, I think when you look at the, a lot of good, healthy relationships, I think that people naturally fall into roles, you know, like, you know, and that's okay, where one person might do a bit more of this and the other person might do a bit more of that. And as long as everyone's happy with that, And that's working for them then that's a good balanced relationship Mm. but where where there's imbalance and you know something is falling mostly on one person well then we have you know we we have a problem houston yeah absolutely yeah absolutely because like
0: like you said it builds resentment and you know what resentment does to a relationship jody
1: well yeah it rots it
0: (laughs) well it kills the sex yeah that'll be the first thing to go if you resent your partner And you feel that you're being made a mug of taken advantage of not appreciated, at least for women. I don't know. I say you pretty dry knickers. Sorry. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, yes. I mean, I'm sure men can feel that as well, but I do think women switch off sexually very quick when they're not feeling seen, nurtured or loved. Yes. And I I could probably speak for the vast majority of women on that, that we are, we are very emotional based people. And mm. we, we need to feel safe and secure to also feel aroused. And I yeah. think that arousal is not going to happen if we're not feeling safe and loved and adored. So I think, you know, it's an interesting... ...to the balances or imbalances um, that can happen in, you know, in relationships and what roles people sort of naturally sort of take, you know, it's, it's an interesting topic. Mm. Yeah. But the, the, maybe your ex-husband smoked too much weed. <laughs> maybe that was the problem. Oh, <laughs> Cause yeah, I agree. Like, I think when it comes to like the financial side of stuff, I mean, in both my last relationships, there was a couple of times where I was the only uh, financial provider um, with my first partner um, he was an electrician and he used to work in the building sites and sometimes those building sites would close down in the summertime and you'd be about three months out of work now that kind of stopped in the couple of years uh, into our relationship but it used mm. to happen primarily and um, I remember one time we had our second child and it happened and <clears throat> so I had to go and get a job and I did but he was very conscious of that like he didn't you know, he, he like, the minute he could get back in working, you know, he did. And I stayed for a while with the job, you know, the two incomes coming in, and that was great. But he very much uh, wanted to be kind of um, the
0: provider.
1: Mm. He just wanted to, to to have the vast majority on most things. He wanted to look after me financially. And emotionally, he just naturally wanted to look after me as well. And so I was very, very well catered for in that relationship, sort of emotionally and financially. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, you know, whereas my second marriage, it wasn't like that. It was me uh, emotionally and financially more looking after him, actually. And um, these days, I'm probably somewhere in the middle now, would like just even just a nice sort of balanced relationship where we look after
0: nobody's nobody I'm not asking to date Elon Musk I'm not looking you know I'm not look I mean even at this age if I was a gold digging hussy I could go out I could go and get some plastic surgery, get me fake eyelashes on, me fake tan, puff up my lips, dress like you know an absolute god knows what. I could tease up the hair, I could go on loads of dating profiles, and I could be like, I want a sugar daddy, and this, and that, and the other. And there are women out there doing that. Hey, whatever floats your boat. If you really are into that, grand, I'm not. Um, and 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 having said that, I think there are people who have bad intentions, uh, who. Don't look like page six girls. I think there are nice looking normal women out there who are absolute shitheads when you get down to it, who are still looking for their sugar daddies and who are gold diggers and who are out to see what they can get from people. And I'd say that there are just as many men. Uh, Honestly, I was married to one of them. Unfortunately, I, I, my first husband was, it was horrible. It was, you know, I look back now sometimes and I'm actually shell shocked. By what I see in the hindsight, because I was so young when I met him, I was only 20. He was 26. He was manipulative. He was deceitful. He was a pathological liar. And there was one time, I don't know if I ever told you this story, Jody, but I literally heard him listing off qualities about me to another person. And it wasn't like, oh, yeah. We were in a, we were in a pub and, and there were drinks involved. And, you know, sometimes when you have drinks, people really spill their guts, their secrets. But I remember it pinged at me and I didn't like it. And, um, uh, you know, it wasn't she, no, he would, don't get me wrong. He complimented me. He said I was gorgeous and hot and sexy and intelligent. He did say, he did give me that. And I was very funny and I was talented and all these things. But what he was saying to this particular person, I was kind of overhearing was he was like oh you know oh her dad came for money and her mom too they own a bunch of real estate in mexico city and her dad worked for nasa and uh uh-huh yeah yeah (laughs) and that i remember but we had already been dating for about Oh, I don't know. I uh, we 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 had been dating for about three years. We split up. I told him you need to grow up because I was twenty-three or twenty-nine. We were split up for about six to eight months. And around his thirtieth birthday, I stupidly—well, maybe not stupidly—because everything happens for a reason. I wouldn't have my lovely children if I hadn't. I gave him an, a second chance. Uh, I get, you know, th- these these guys that say they can change. No, you fucking can't. You, you have to. to you, uh, you people can grow yeah okay people can grow but they can't really change their spots completely i think like my ex-husband being a pothead from the time he was about i don't know 12 13 14 and being a daily smoker he had a lazy streak in him he had an entitlement streak resentful chip on his shoulder deceitful deceitful in the way he used to hide things from me he wouldn't necessarily come out and lie about them but it was a lie of omission because he wouldn't say it to me And then I'd find out later and you go like, you feel like you've had a bucket of water thrown in your face. Like you feel like you've been made a fool, you know, to find out something later, like people need to disclose things, whether it's their daily habits or their lifestyle or their skeletons in their closet. I mean, you don't have to know everything, but you do have to know some things. If it's going to have an effect on the other person on the partner, they
1: need to know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I, I mean, that's a real sticking point for me because, you know, I was in a relationship where, you know, some major stuff was not disclosed and I would have a big issue around that because like that, look, we all have our private stuff that we don't have to share. And if it's not detrimental to the other person, well, then that's all coolio. But I think, you know, I think like, it'd be like, let's say me getting into a relationship with someone and tell them I don't have children or not disclosing that I have children or something that would be kind of, important that they might need to know i think that's very deceptive and then what i would wonder about is well what else are they not telling you that i would was be- just gonna say that i was just gonna say that. see the ones that lie
0: about the little things those yeah. are the ones you need to watch oh. because the ones the one like look everybody everybody lies. Okay. Everybody lies at some point in their life. Even if you try to, I like to try not to, and I'm big on honesty and I tell my kids that, and that's what I want for my friends, my partners, like everybody, you can say whatever you need to say to me. I don't care what it is, how bad you think it is, how scary. Tell me, give me the information and we can work through it. Yeah. And I will be the same. I will t- I will give you, if you are in my life and you mean anything to me, romantic partner, family, friend, my children, if if you are important in my life, I will be completely 100% with you. Here is my naked heart. Here's the truth, however bad it is. And you're either going to still love me or you're not. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie to try and keep somebody. I'm not going to lie to try and get somebody. And I really think like, yes, I have told lies in my past. I've, I've realized it doesn't suit me. I don't like it. Um, I, I, you know, we all tell little white lies to get through life. Obviously, if I ask, you know, if I ask you, Jody, does this make my butt look big? You might, because you're my cousin and a female say, oh, you know, that's not great pet. Or you might go, ah, fuck it. It looks grand. And really you're going, I wouldn't be caught dead in that outfit. You know? <laughs> 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 but I mean, look. <laughs> we tell each other little white lies of when it's course. when it's our only when it's our only remedy, and we don't want to hurt or crush the other person. But yeah. if you lie about the little innocuous things that you don't have to lie about, that you can just come right out and say, "Oh yeah, you know, whatever." If you lie about that, I just think it shows that you're probably willing to lie about anything. Why well, lie about the small yeah. stuff? It's not scary.
1: Well, that's you yeah. know. That's See, that's how I feel. It would just be like a ingrained sort of deceptive person. If they're going to be deceptive about one thing, they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's quite calculated, if they know well they're being deceptive, then it's like, well, what else are they being deceptive about? It's like, well, how well would, would I really ever know this person if they're not showing me who they are? And I think it's a
0: choice Jody. I don't think like look I think some things run in families and and but I honestly feel like this isn't really necessarily a genetic thing. I think liars I think it's I think it's nurture and I yeah. think it's what you're taught and what you're told and what's ingrained in you. Because yeah. my children I've gotten to them the, to the point now I could sit there and say oh well we're just wonderful people it's genetic. No, it's not. I have ingrained this shit into them probably because their father is a pathological liar that I was quite concerned that, you know, there'd be a smack of that in them to tell fibs or to exaggerate or tell stories. So from yeah. the time they were very small, I have hammered it into them that one, we don't lie because yeah. lies hurt people. Yeah. And two, you're always going to be found out. Then you're going to feel like an asshole when you're caught in a lie. And yeah. everybody's going to feel bad. That's the thing is that like with the truth, it might hurt for a while. The yeah. truth but you can heal from that if you lie yeah. and then you have to continue to lie and put more lies on top that festers and that 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 breaks a trust and then suddenly when the lie is discovered not only does the person who's lied to feel absolutely devastated but the liar if they're not a complete fucking psychopath the liar will also feel like absolute shit not yes. just because they were found out but because they're like they know they did wrong so i've told yes. my kids do you want to feel like shit <laughs> or do you just want to do the right thing? And I've told them we don't lie. So yeah. I think that it's nurture. So I think that like grown men, like my ex-husband, he lied pathologically because that was what was shown to him. Yeah. Even if maybe let's say there was like some sort of genetic procl- proclivity to it in the family, let's just say. But it was by his parents that was that was shown to him. Yeah. That they, they lied those people, his parents. They lied to get through life. They lied to their children. They lied to each other. And they, they, they showed that behavior to their kids. And then so he grew up thinking that when I don't want to deal with a problem head on, I'm just going to lie my way out of it. And yeah. I think a lot of people think that they can do that by lies of omission. I just won't tell this person that and it won't matter. And it's like, yeah. but if it affects the partner, the person you want to be in a relationship with, you can't be keeping... Like you said, some people have some things that, like, again, it, I think it's,
1: it's all about, does it affect the partner? Yes or no, you know? Well, yes, because otherwise then you kind of wonder, is, it, is this pre-calculated deception? Mm. Yes, because-
0: Hello?
1: Oh, yeah, I thought I lost you there
0: for a minute. There well, you are.
1: Yeah, but that, you know, they might like decide not to tell somebody something because they know it might be an issue. So then you kind of go well. Then right. that's really deceptive. That's pre calculated deception. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd say now we could talk about this one for hours. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just such a huge uh, problem in life.
0: I if if people lied less. Uh, yeah. that, look, I'm look. I'm a great fan of lying uh, in a poker game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a great fan of of keeping your cards close to your chest, literally when you're playing cards and or even let's say if you're in a business uh, proposition or maybe if you're trying to, you know, look, as long as you're not trying to screw somebody over, if you're trying to do a business proposition or something, you're not going to fork over all your information. You're going to keep some things to yourself. I mean, even in relationships, there's things that about people's pasts that not only are not anyone else's business, but it actually might hurt your partner or upset them or you know maybe your partner doesn't want to hear the specific details of how bad you had it with somebody you know or how badly they treated you because that's only going to make your partner feel like shit they can't go back in in the past and change your history or do anything to help you um a lot of people they talk about they'll ask people straight out like how many people you've slept with why would you want to know that i wouldn't put my partner on that kind of you know, I don't care if he slept with three women or 300, it's none of my business.
1: No, I'd agree. I think as long as they're not coming with you to you with a disease or a virus, then it doesn't really matter. It would make no odds to me when no, that person. Right, yeah. sorry, go ahead. I, I think I think things are only important that are prevalent that would have an effect. I mean, like if you look at, let's yeah. say, the as, simple as online dating in, like I was on a couple of online dating sites And on nearly all of them, questions around, um, I think on Tinder, Mm. it was, uh, well, it was definitely asked about whether you smoked or were you a drinker, what kind of drinker, like occasionally, moderate. you know, it had like different things that you could tick on. And it had drugs and weed. And that's because (laughs) it is logical that those things would be very prevalent to meaning something for another person. So that's right. why those questions are there. That's why when you go on online dating, it's asking what gender are you, what, right. age? what age right. are? You? It might even say what weight are you, because, right. or, or are you a smoker? Are you a drinker? And that's because all of those. Th- and do you have children? Because those things are important. Because, you know, everybody's into different things. I mean, you know, some guys are going to like skinny girls. Some guys are going mm. to like. Big girls. Some guys like girls with big tits, small tits, girls. Some yeah. girls like boys who are slim or medium or muscular or buffed or fat or chubby or overweight, whatever the crap. You may not want to be with somebody who has children. Well, yes, exactly. So you may is- not
0: want to be with someone who's only working part time or who. Yeah.
1: Uh, does smoke cigarettes or, you know. And that's why those questions are there online dating. It's never asked on online dating, oh, how many people have you slept with? Because that's not prevalent. It doesn't matter no. to somebody whether somebody has slept with some one person or 50,000 people. The only important thing with that is that you're not coming along with some sort of STD or STI. That's, yeah. as far as I'm that's the only importance in relation to that. And, not, and apart from that, I actually think it's none of your business, actually. Who has If not,
0: who,
1: no. But it is my business, whether you have children, because maybe I don't want to have children. Uh, right. It is. Maybe I won't like it if you're a smoker or a drinker or if you smoke weed or you take drugs or if you're 15 stone or... You know so I think that's why oh the-, the catfishing Jody you can't be presenting
0: yourself one way and then you get to know them see I think there's a different kind of catfishing there's not just the physical catfishing like if I'd yeah. walked up if I'd if I'd said to my fella yeah um I'm a 10 stone uh 10 and yeah. then I rock up and I'm 15 stone he's going to yeah. be annoyed anybody yeah. would be because don't fucking lie to me like that but well- and, and like I told you, it pissed me off that one coffee date I went on, and I still gave the guy a chance. But even though the first thing I saw was he had lied to me, he was shorter than me. He was five foot four, saying he was five foot eight. You think I'm not going to notice <laughs> the difference of four or five inches, dude? Are you for fucking real?
1: Like yeah, I, I would, I'd, I would. Stand, sorry, go ahead. I don't, yeah, I just don't understand that level of line. It's like the lie. Yes, I mean, because there's somebody for everybody. I mean, at the end of the day, like. You know, I'm only eight stone four. I'm so I'm quite slim. Tiny little thing. Yeah, I don't have a big butt. I don't have big tits, right? But someone is going to fancy this. I mean, so there'd be no point me Uh, putting on a profile that I'm a 34 triple F, and I'm you know I've got like Kim Kardashian. You know, at the end of the day, you've just got to show up with as you are as you are. Someone is going to like that, and someone's stuff that you can't see. Straight yeah. away, like don't yeah. be catfishing people and saying that you live a
0: lifestyle that you don't. Don't tell somebody, yeah. yeah, you know, I work out, I like to work out about four days a week, and then they start dating you and you never get your ass off the sofa. Again, that was my ex husband. He met me, <laughs> we were both super fit at the time, and the minute we started dating. He stopped working out. And I, not that that mattered, but it was just kind of more like, oh, okay, you were only working out while you were single trying to get a girl. Okay, it's not your actual lifestyle. No, his lifestyle was sitting on the fucking sofa, eating
1: my food, smoking pot, and sponging off of me. Oh, that was nice. his lifestyle. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank goodness, thank goodness that a dating site has sent you Shawnee baby. Because, oh,
0: God. Yeah. Like,
1: He's like the complete opposite to that. He's sort of, you know, I can already see uh, what kind of person he is. And if only we could just like clone him. <laughs> 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 and uh, I'd make a fortune. It's like women, I've got a shorty baby. <laughs> we, he's like the showroom model. He Or he's like a
0: show house. He's like, oh, this is the standard. Yeah. Oh, my God is fucking I'd say his head's going to swell at that, but it's not. It's actually not, because he's not down to earth. He's just going to piss himself laughing and go, they're a pair of idiots. But no, but honestly, I mean, look, I think there is the kind of connection that Sean and I have for, I think there's somebody out there for everyone like that. Every lid has has its pot. Are you going to find it? No, many people go through their entire lives and they never get close to it. Oftentimes I think, well, it could be, you know, bad luck, but also a lot of people get in their own way. They yeah. really do. They screw it up for themselves because they don't want to deal with their issues, their hangups, There, everybody has them. None of us are perfect. We all have things we need to work on improving yeah. or correcting. And, but I think when you, when you sit back and you go, you know what, I'm going to get out of this shitty relationship because I would rather be on my own than in that. Yeah. And then when you're yeah. on your own for a little bit, when you make that, that, that choice to, to love, love yourself, yourself. first. You also, yeah. it allows you the space to work on yourself, to grow as an individual. Like, I know I said people can't change. Of course they can. But I think when, but they have to want it. There can't be a partner coming in going, oh, I'll change him. You know? And yeah. I I, think, I, can speak for myself that at 20 years of age, you think, oh, my love will make him see the light. No, it fucking won't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care about you.
1: He doesn't give shit about
0: your love, girl. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, well, I, oh, look, I completely agree. I think I'm at a stage in my life at 46, nearly 47, that I have zero desire to start being anybody's counsellor or think that I can change anyone. Or their take, mommy. Or their mommy. I don't want to be anyone's mom. I've already got four children. I'm actually looking forward to when I have none of them in the house and they all have their own fecking homes and they just come and visit every so often. And I mean every so often. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kind of over it now, but I certainly, I have no desire to change anyone because I've also learned in my 46 years that I cannot, you, you know, if you, I, I think people show up as they are and I've always, I've, in, in the last couple of years, I very much kind of look at things now and kind of go, is there any point in even saying anything? Because when you have to tell somebody how to behave, you've lost the game already, as far as I'm concerned and yeah. you know yeah. I I understand that people do change and evolve because I'm not the same person now as I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago so I think now not everybody a lot of people do but I think to specifically let's say have a relationship with somebody whether it just be platonic like friendship or in a in a sexual relationship if there's a mm. need to get-go to have to change that person to be something different because they're not what you need then it's simply a fact that they're not what you need and you need yeah. to go because I find these days I don't really want to start sitting there going now you you did this this and this and I need you to do that I just don't have the energy I'm like snore I don't yeah have I don't want to do that I want to meet somebody where we we where it's uh, like a meeting of the minds and it's just easy and it's balanced and without any hard work because it should be easy that's my well, point. look I, I mean it should be easy to
0: a degree I, I i think it's the kind of thing that when you have real compatibility in a, in a in a relationship that you both are on the same page okay so sorry about that i think we're having a little bit of uh technical difficulty as we usually do on every episode because we are not a professionally produced pro- podcast at the minute where white chicks sitting around bitching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I completely lost where I was Jody. But basically I just think that it's like a couple have to agree, that, like if something comes up a problem that they can work on it together. But other than that, I think there does need to be an ease to a relationship. If it's a constant struggle, yeah, that indicator that y'all aren't the right people for each other
1: well that's well, yes i i think so look i think as long as people are open and honest and upfront right from the beginning it gives the other person opportunity to be okay with where you're at so i think if there's any kind of dishonesty or you're holding back certain information because you think it would be an issue <clears throat> there's yeah. going to be an issue later on down the road and i think yeah, you just put can down the road it's stupid yeah i mean it'd be like me saying you know like I don't know like something significant like me not disclosing i have children when i have children then eight weeks in going oh well by the way i've got kids because maybe that person doesn't want to be with someone who's got kids it happens. Right.
0: and there oh isn't... yeah
1: oh yeah and there's nothing wrong with that either i mean not everything is for everyone so i think you know i i understand that you know we are all flawed well not you and me we're perfect of course but everybody <laughs> <laughs> everybody else but no we're all flawed no relationship is perfect. Every relationship is going to have its ups and downs. You know, I understand that. I think naturally as a couple, when you get together, you naturally teach each other some things and you teach each other how to fit into that relationship. And that's kind of fine. But I think if there's really detrimental things from the beginning, um, it, it might be an indicator of how things will actually be. Because I'm sure mm. and I and lots of other people with some relations, relationships, when you enter them at the beginning, that there were some red flags that were quite red. And, you ignored, and we ignore them because we want to see the good in people. Yes, yes. And there's we also... Women especially don't do that. Yes, exactly. And I think there's also an, a, a bit of an appeal uh, sometimes with women to men who are a little bit emotionally detached. And I think mm-hmm. it's we all kind of can struggle with at times so I think for me personally if someone presents to me uh with not their whole truth and I start to see that then I all of a sudden are going to go hmm which is not something I did years ago but now it would be see yeah.
0: well yeah I mean I don't know what it is I guess as we it's not we're not looking for perfection Jesus it doesn't exist you know we're not looking for perfection I think it's just like you gotta know that the person is willing to do the grown-up work and and anyone who comes in with any kind of deception or kicking the can down the road thinking oh if I don't tell this person this particular detail about my life or if I lie by omission or hide something deceptively that oh it'll be grand once they have fallen for me you know that it'll be you know easy breezy easy say no it won't you've actually just made shit harder you've probably thrown a fucking spanner in the works and wrecked the relationship from the word jump when all You had to do was just open your fucking mouth and use your words like a big kid. (laughs) Well, I think you know. know?
1: Oh, absolutely, I hundred percent agree with that. But I also just think that if you know, if you're getting with somebody, like let's say your situation with Sean and you've met each other, I mean, you know, like obviously it's important to have things in common. It's important to be on the same page as each Mm other. And then that aside, you're both going to fall into natural roles with each other, and that's okay too. But at the fundamentally you know should you not want to love and adore each other respect and care about each other and that should be very equal well that you said it right there respect yeah
0: yeah I I, I look I liken it when I look back and think about some of the whoppers that my ex-husband told me I can liken it because I'm looking I have two gorgeous cats my dogs both died last year but I've got two gorgeous cats and You know, the thing about cats, they're very clean. Yes, They're very fastidious. They like things just so. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that if they were people, they wouldn't be liars. They're very, you know, they're very... I know it's a strange analogy, but follow me for a moment. When a little kitten that doesn't really know any better, but they know that their gut instinct tells them it's not right. When a little kitten, or even a puppy especially, they, they do it too, but c- cats especially, if a little kitten has had an accident on the rug and has has pooed on the rug, do you know what they, you see with them? It's like if they're outside trying to cover it with grass, they try to move a blanket. Yeah. They will pull a blanket or a pillow off your sofa and try to hide the mess that they've made <laughs> because yeah. they know instinctively these animals, know instinctively, uh oh, I have done wrong and I'm going to upset my person. Yeah. So for me, when I look at like the lies, the whoppers and and little small stuff too that my ex-husband would lie about. Yeah. To me, it's like a naughty child or a naughty little kitten going, Oh, let me, let me try and cover up the mess I have made when they knew rightly they were doing wrong. Yeah. Don't crap outside the litter box. Go to where you know you're supposed to do your thing and be an adult and be a grown up and be trained and be housebroken. It's like a lot of these guys aren't housebroken and well I say guys but women too. Like act right. Yeah, act but right have- when you're in somebody's
1: home and when you're in somebody's life. But have you ever noticed that there's I think there's a certain type of personality type that goes for yeah. different animals. Like primarily men like dogs and dogs like men and primarily a lot of women go for cats. Now I understand mm. there are women who also love dogs but then you wonder about their personality type and if you look at dogs- they're very- I know plenty of women who don't like cats. I do. Oh, oh yeah no I do as well but I'm just sort of saying like you kind of wonder because the, the, the you know cats and dogs are very different. I mean dogs are very manipulative, they're very needy, like that they'll just, just ship and piss everywhere. You can also really? you can also poison a dog because they're so thick. cats are clever cats are as you said are very clean they're very independent they pick up on when you need them and they'll be there but they'll fuck off when you when they know you need need them to fuck off and you and it's nearly impossible to poison a cat because they're too clever they sniff it out so like like i kind
0: of dogs do most of their thinking with their tummy that's right that's why robbers often will do like a poison piece of steak or something yeah Yeah. whereas you
1: You won't get a cat with that shit. No. No, you have
0: to fucking hunt a cat down. You'd have to chase them. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. (laughs) Well, I don't know uh, certain personality types, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I think for me, a deceitful grown man. Yeah. It's just, it's the equivalent of a little child or a little puppy or a little kitten. Well, he's messed themselves. It's it's just embarrassing. It's, it's very immature and, and baby ish childlike.
1: I think we can probably agree on that. I, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I'm, I think. A lot no, of- but I play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I, you know, I, I do think though, absolutely that, that, you know, anybody that isn't just authentic and doesn't do the right thing. I think it's usually smacks of a lack of maturity and it's sort of like, yeah i just don't have the energy for that i think you
0: and i have of lack of maturity which is why i think as people get older they're less inclined to tell tales and i think what people assume that old people and elderly people just say it like it fucking is it's because they're like yeah i'm just gonna say it like it fucking is because i'm running out of time on this planet i don't have time for your bullshit Yes. I don't have time for my bullshit. I don't have time to lie. Also, old people, they start to forget stuff, so they can't even keep up with their lies. But <laughs> yeah, I honestly think that that's a big part of it is as you mature and you become more and more wise, yes. you kind of look back and you go, there's no payoff in lying. Yes. There's really not. There might be a short-term gain, but in the end, the house is always going to win. And the house in this in this analogy is the truth. Yeah, The truth is always going to come out. People's true colors are always going to present themselves. So even these people, the sociopaths and psychopaths who think that they're brilliant, think that they're smart. It's a, it's almost criminalistic. I'm, I'm going to say, and 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 maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but I would kind of lie. I would kind of lump people who lie all the time, kind of like in that mindset. And look, would I rob a bank if I knew I could get away with it? I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> that like. People who are very criminalistic and deceitful, they think that they're smarter than everybody else. They think you always see it in the movies and telly, and in real life, these serial killers or criminals, they think that they're one step ahead of the law, that they're smarter than people working for the FBI, the CIA. And that comes down also to an ego thing, a pride thing, hubris. They think that they're much smarter. So so I think, now, granted, maybe that's just my experience with my ex-husband coloring that for me, and so I'm a bit very kind of, I bristle at that. But for me, I think liars also think that they're they're the smartest one in the room. I think liars think that they're smarter than the person that they're lying to, and that pisses me right the fuck off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they're usually not very clever, I find, these people. And usually, most people can't keep up the act. So I always find with with people who are not authentic
0: Mm. that they can
1: for a while. But if you sit back for long enough, and they'll them hang on, themselves. Yes. They'll unfold, oh yeah, like an umbrella. So yes, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, that's it, Jody. I do
0: think that it takes, look, it takes a certain level of maturity and it takes a lot of balls to yeah. take accountability for your actions in life and to tell the truth, even when yeah. you know it's going to make you look bad.
1: Yes. Yes. Well,
0: I think, yeah, that's, that's the way to be because you're going to have an easier life. You're going to have an easier life if you just tell the fucking truth because the people who aren't going to like your truth and are going to go, no, thanks. I don't want to be around it. Well, then they're, they're not the people for you.
1: Well, you know, you know just, they're going to be people that love you as you are. Well, that's kind of how I feel about it. It's sort of like, you know, uh, why would I want to lie about things that would be, let's say, really important about me. So if I was to go and be deceptive and say, Oh yeah, I don't have any kids. I have I'm a multimillionaire, or you know, just like picking things that I think someone would want or trying to act a certain way to try and get somebody. Eventually that's mm-hmm. gonna come tumbling down and then and yeah. then they're gonna see really who I am. And it's kind of like, why would I want to do that? I'd much rather just be me and do me. And you know, and the people around me are either gonna like I remember years ago going on a girls' trip, right? And the girls trip I went on, there was two sisters I hadn't met yet that were on it. And one of the girls actually, she didn't say on the trip, I hadn't met her before, but we were at a party maybe about a year later. And she was talking to another friend of mine. And she said, if she had to describe me, right, that what she felt was that I was somebody who, I just am who I am and you either like me or you don't. And that was her analogy on me. And I would say that that's very true. I think I've always tried to be primarily me, but certainly as I've got older, I can't be anything else other than Jody, And I'm just going to rock up as I am with my five foot, you know, skinny ass. And you either are going to like me or you're not. And I'm okay either way, but I'm certainly not going to hide things that I know would be detrimental in order to try and trap somebody or keep a friend. I'm not going to yeah. do, I'm going to show up as I am and that's either gonna you know engage with you or not. And I think anything outside of that is extremely deceptive. And then you know, besides the fact that then they're they're like, let's say calculatedly lying, then you have to kind of wonder, well, actually, what else are they lying about? What person is this really standing in front of me? Because they're clearly not the person that I thought they were. Exactly right. Well, look, before we wrap
0: this one up, Jody, I'll give you this last parting example or analogy you know growing up and and acting from the time i was very young it was always ingrained in me and also my father was a fine fine actor and it was you know we were professionals you do not lie on your cv you do not put things on your resume, this, both in, in the professional and the business world, getting a job and getting a, an acting gig. You don't lie and you don't say that you've got experience that you don't have. You don't say that you've got skills that you don't have because uh, it's always going to be found out. And like one thing that I would often hear the joke running around when I was a teenager is people would put on their, on their resumes, their acting CVs, uh, can ride horses. yeah they throw that shit in as one of their skills you know oh trained in stage combat can do dialects can swim has a driver's license can play billiards can bartend and can ride horses do you know what that one always stuck out at me because i'm deathly afraid of horses and i don't want to ride them ever (laughs) and i just knew I was 16 going for an audition and they were like, really the casting director in Texas was like, they're really looking for people who can, you know, can do horseback riding. Can you? And I was like, nope. And she said, would you not? This was a casting director. She said, would would we not just say, yeah, that you can? And I was like, nope, because I don't want to die. You know, (laughs) like I just knew that if I lied and said I could ride a horse, that I was going to end up getting some fantastic part in a commercial or a film and there I was gonna be the only extra or maybe even was speaking on I was gonna be the only idiot screaming as her horse took off like I just knew I was gonna die so is lying worth it I don't think so you you know find yourself on a horse
1: Or a stallion even, a stallion, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't mind those so much. But um, listen, we're going <laughs> to, on our next episode,
0: we are going to pick it back up with the marijuana conversation because I would like to talk about how, yeah, you know, there's different kinds of potheads. I would be like a non-practicing Catholic. I am also a non-practicing pothead. I'm a big lover of it, but I don't partake. Just mostly, well, lots of reasons we'll get into in the next podcast. But I want to talk about legalization in this country and what we can do to move that along because we i think we should move towards legalization it's it's ridiculous at this point not to have it taxed regulated and uh, and above board and and uh and then we'll talk about that more on the next one what do you say
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. And
0: it should be legalized. So let's definitely Absolutely
1: have should be, be legalized. All right. Fantastic. Well, I will
0: look forward to talking to you then, my love feel better. And uh, to everybody listening to the podcast, send some good healing vibes to my cousin. I know. Cause my per kidney is
1: in bits. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Southern accent. I All know. right. <laughs> okay, ma'am. Thank you. Bye Jody. Say it also, just like that. Bye Jody. If file is. Bye. <laughs>